Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And welcome to another episode of The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Happy Monday. Thank you for everybody who has listened to my podcast. Don't forget that we are being broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And I'm excited about this show. I know I'm not going to be able to have any guests, obviously, because of my work obligations. I will have Rob Frazier and Gabe Riddles back on the show on April the 18th. You don't want to miss it. Hopefully, we can recap all the things that have happened over the past couple of weeks. But we've got a great show for you. Going to talk about the Final Four. Boy, that Duke-North Carolina game was as good as advertised. The Columbus Rapids season comes to an end, but... I will recap the season and just what an honor it was to be the play-by-play announcer. And the Columbus River Dragons drop two out of three to the Beamington Black Bears. And the Atlanta Hawks jump all the way up into the number eight spot by holding off the Brooklyn Nets. All right, let's talk about the Columbus Rapids before I start the show. And So I'm proud of the Columbus Rapids. So the city of Columbus had an expansion indoor soccer team that fielded a men's team and a women's team. And I was fortunate enough to be asked to do play-by-play for him. I had great time. It was fun. I don't really have a good soccer background. Soccer is not my number one favorite sport. But I do love sports, and I have experience calling play-by-play back when I was in college. I know that they were taking a big risk because I haven't called sports in 20 years. But I had fun doing it. I brought the energy And sometimes the terminology wasn't always on point, but I really just had fun on that last game. It was military night. It was such a cool moment. Both the men and the women, they won beating the Rome Gladiators. However, they make it into the playoffs up in Fayetteville. They got to travel up to Fayetteville the next day. And the men had an incredible game against the Memphis Americans in the semifinals. They were up 5-3, to and then Memphis... In a heartbreaking loss to as the Rapids lose the game 7-6 to six right at the buzzer. And the Memphis Americans go on to lose to the Fayetteville Fury in the NISL championship game. So we've got two champions in the NISL. So the women, the Memphis Americans, they had a great regular season, 15-3 in the regular season. Goal scoring from Ashlyn Jones, Kelsey Keon, Lauren Odino drawn they just had this murderer's row of a team, these great soccer players, and they defeated the Rome Gladiators. So the Columbus women's team lost to Rome 5-2. to two. They just could not overcome that three-goal lead that Rome put on them in the first period. 
but they did get goals by Emily Burke and Maddie Peterson. I was really impressed with how this team came together. They finished 7-11 in the regular season. Olivia Gerald wins most valuable player in the inaugural season for the NISL. Emily Burke just came on strong. The play of Maddie Peterson and Maddie DeFranco all the way at the end. And then you have your original Rapids. Rapids that have been with the team since day one, out in the community, doing things during Christmas. Players like Megan Byers. Megan Byers, homegrown, lived in Columbus. She went to play soccer at South Carolina. You got homegrown players like Martina Necrasis. And she took a picture with my daughters. It was really a cool moment. I finally got that picture of a Columbus Rapids women's player with my girls. She played over at Central High School in Phoenix City. Just an incredible player. You have Ariel Jones, Aaron Brady. I'm so glad that she got her first goal. I want to talk about Bree Canty. Bree Canty is a first lieutenant in the United States Army. And she got a lot of playing time on military night. And I was so happy to see her in the game for most of the game. She had a lot of minutes and they honored her. It was such a cool moment. The commanding general of Fort Benning was named an honorary member of the Rapids. He was received a Jersey and she went over and shook his hand. And uh, that was just an emotional moment. And I was just so happy for her that she got to share that moment, you know, being an officer in the United States Army and also being a member of the Columbus Rapids. I know that my world collide. I would love to actually do a feature story on her and try to get her on the podcast. As a member of the military myself, I really thank her for her service and also the fact that, you know, and now a part of my life being the voice of the Columbus Rapids and she is a member of the Columbus Rapids as well, played her collegiate soccer at West Point. It's just an incredible story. And I was so rooting for her to get a goal. I think that would have been so special for her to get a goal. Now let's talk about Brianna Conley, 17 years old. She played soccer at Northside. She's signing on to have a letter of intent to go to Georgia Southern. And she has just been just an incredible story. This young player that led the team in assists, and she also was second on the team in points. She had speed and energy, and she made a lot of goals possible. And I hope that she's able to play on the Rapids again. I don't know if her going all the way to Georgia Southern, if that's going to conflict with her coming back home and playing on the Rapids And uh, there's always a possible chance that we might see her in the NISL because if Savannah gets an expansion team in the NISL, it's possible. But all the players, I'm just so grateful for them. Haley Ryan, I got to know her in the beginning of the season. You know, she came on as of late as the backup goalkeeper in for Bria Riancho. I was so happy that I was able to do the show off the walls where I got to interview the coaches. I got to interview some of the players. And then Matt Austin and I started that podcast, Columbus Rapids Weekly. And I've had Tanya Chavez on the podcast. And let me tell you something. I mean, she's going to have a tryout with the Rapids this summer. She might make the team. I think that there's a possibility that she could make the team. And uh, let me tell you something. The Columbus Rapids are going to come back with a vengeance in 2023. You're going to have more teams as we have an expansion teams. And on the women's side, Memphis has got a big target on their back. Uh, Columbus played them tough. They beat Memphis three times. I think that Columbus 
They have the reigning MVP possibly coming back. And they're going to have a great team next year as head coach Miguel Galindo had a vision of what he wanted this team to go. Now, as for the men, they just kept getting better and better every single game. That game Friday night against Rome where Eko Gabadabe scored that game-winning goal that he tears off his jersey, that was such an incredible moment. Manny Chavez scored a couple of goals, and they really played their hearts out in that semifinal game against Memphis, up 5-3. to three. I was watching that game and thinking, Columbus is going to do it. They're going to make it to the finals. But Memphis ran into just a team that's been dominant all year. The Fayetteville Fury on the men's side win the championship in the NISL. Now I know what you're thinking. I'm spending the first eight minutes of my podcast talking about the National Indoor Soccer League. Well, I'm invested. I'm the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Rapids, and they're a part of my family now, and I, I really appreciate all the players on the women's side and on the men's side. And I'm also going to maybe even attend some of the Point University games as you got three Columbus Rapids playing for Point University in the fall. Ethan Allure, Brandon Cervantes, and Thomas Eskew, who came on strong toward the end of the season. Such an amazing season. I didn't want it to end. I really didn't want it to end. It was such a great season for both the men and the women's team. Well, this is Masters Week, a tradition like none other. And we also have the opening day of Major League Baseball. April the 7th, the Atlanta Braves taking on the Cincinnati Reds. I will preview baseball on Wednesday as we talk about who could win the World Series, who's going to win the Cy Young, and can the Braves repeat their success that they did last year by winning the World Series for the first time since 1995. All right, so we had a Blue Blood Final Four. Kansas, Villanova, Duke, North Carolina. Kansas was just too much for Villanova. I think it hurt Villanova that their point guard was injured. And so Kansas moves on to the championship game for the first time since 2012. And they really have overachieved a lot of one seeds in the tournament and a lot of early exits in the NCAA tournament. But Kansas did win a title in 2008 and in 1988 with head coach Larry Brown, Danny and the Miracles. And then 2008 with Bill Self. They also had Roy Williams. They've made it to a couple of championship games. In 1991, they made it to the championship game against Duke. And then recently in 2012, they made it to the championship game against Kentucky. That Kentucky team that was all-world. I mean, they had Anthony Davis. That would Do I need to say more? How about that Duke-North Carolina game? That was as good as advertised. A game against two historic rivals going back and forth. And North Carolina, they played with house money. They were just all over the court making threes. And Duke could not overcome. They missed some foul shots at the free throw line. And that's all she wrote. North Carolina is able to get the victory and advance to the title game where they have a shot at winning another national title. It would be their seventh national title and their first-year coach, Hubert Davis, which is unbelievable. Not since Larry Brown when he coached UCLA in 1980 where he brought UCLA to the championship game in 1980. Or how about Paul Hewitt bringing the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets to the championship game in 2004? 
I mean, this is just an incredible run by North Carolina. They were an eight seed. They knocked off the defending champions, Baylor. Then they go on and beat UCLA, who also made it to the Final Four. And they beat their longtime rival, the Duke Blue Devils, who, which seemed with Coach K, had stability. They had the NBA players. But North Carolina gets the best of them, and they win. And now it's North Carolina versus Kansas tonight for the championship in the NCAA. Well, congratulations to the South Carolina Lady Gamecocks by taking down UConn 64-49. to UConn was not supposed to be here. It was like bringing a knife to a gunfight. South Carolina has been the most dominant team all season. UConn was rebuilding. Paige Buchers was out with that injury. I mean, when you think of UConn, you think of undefeated Gino Ariema teams like Rebecca Lobo, Sue Bird, Diana Taurasi, Swin Cash. They had just incredible players. Tina Charles and UConn had that incredible winning streak. They lost five games this year. So all those seasons where UConn was undefeated, they had a down year, and they made it all the way to the championship game. They knocked off the defending champion, Stanford, and South Carolina was just too much. They've been the best team all year. Aaliyah Boston, the player of the year, going up against Paige Buchers, the player of the year last year. That has never happened in the history of women's college basketball, so that was nice to see. So the Atlanta Hawks, get a very big victory over the Brooklyn Nets, and they had to hold off the Nets. They had a large lead. Kevin Durant had 55 points, and this was a must-win game for the Atlanta Hawks as they solidified their playoff position. They are now the eighth seed. They are a game above Brooklyn and Charlotte, and I think that they're going to get in the play-in game and take on the Cleveland Cavaliers The seventh seed is up for grabs for the Atlanta Hawks, and I think they could beat Cleveland, and they could get the seventh seed. Meanwhile, Brooklyn's in trouble having to play Charlotte in that playing game. I don't know what to say. I don't think that that is going to be well for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Meanwhile, the Lakers are in trouble. They may miss the playoffs. Even when they got LeBron and AD back, I think the Lakers are going to miss the playoffs. And they are a game and a half behind the San Antonio Spurs. They lost to the Denver Nuggets at home, 129-118. to 118. LeBron sat out. He was resting that twisted ankle. The Lakers, they brought back AD and LeBron, and they could not beat the Pelicans at home. And the series is going to get, the games are going to get tougher as they will take on the Phoenix Suns, the Golden State Warriors. And they also got to play the Denver Nuggets again in Denver. The Lakers are going to miss the playoffs. This is just incredible. The Lakers will miss the playoffs. And LeBron's four seasons with the Lakers, only two of them he made the playoffs. That is not the performance that LeBron is used to. If you look at his first four seasons, his only four seasons with the Miami Heat, he went to the NBA Finals all four times. So what's the difference? Why can't he take the Lakers to the Finals? Well, first of all, the Western Conference is a lot better, and the pieces around LeBron are just not that good. This year, their experiment of getting all these old, savvy veterans, it didn't work. And LeBron doesn't like to play with young players. Well, you're 37 years old. LeBron needs to figure out how to play with young players. I don't like the fact that he 
ships off young players just because he wants to play with veterans. He wants to play with people involved in clutch sports. No, he, you're 37 years old, and it's taking its toll. And I know he's going after the scoring title of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but it is time to take a step back and start playing with younger players because this is the part of your career where it might not end well. You know, I know you're trying to chase Michael Jordan as far as the titles. You got four titles so far, and that's great in three different cities, but he just wears people down. And I know that he was a great teammate in Cleveland when he had Kyrie and Kevin Love. And I know that, you know, the Miami Heat was just an anomaly because when the decision happened, you already had two top five players, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. You bring LeBron over, you got three of the top five players in the league going to one team. And I was thinking, this is not going to work because they don't have a big man and they don't have a point guard. But just the boldness and the arrogance of LeBron with him staking his claim, saying that the Miami Heat were going to win not one, not two, but eight titles. Eight titles. I love the headline after the Miami Heat won their title after LeBron's second year. One down, seven to go. Oh, it was fun. But wasn't that a success? Was the Miami Heat a success? They won two titles. They should have just won one. If Ray Allen doesn't hit that three, they're only winning one. And that was against the Oklahoma City Thunder team that had Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. All right, well, the World Cup draw is set. The United States know that they're going to play England, Iran, and the winner of the tournament between the Ukraine, Wales, and Scotland. Oh, I cannot wait for November as the United States will take on England, Iran, and the winner of that uh, in, in November. In Qatar, I was looking at some of the draws, and uh, United States, they dodged a bullet. They're not going to play in the group of death. That's good. All right, I'm going to talk about Major League Soccer because, you know, that's what I do. I talk Major League Soccer. So Atlanta United gets a big victory over D.C. United as Marcelo Moreno scored in extra time, and Atlanta United looking pretty good. And Atlanta United is 3-1-1 one, one on the season, currently in third place in the Eastern Conference. Well, the Columbus State Cougars baseball team does it again. They get a big sweep over Georgia Southwestern, and they are now 29-5 on the season and 13-2 in the Peach Belt Conference. Their next game will be April 6th against Montevallo. The Columbus State Cougars baseball team is starting to look special. They got great hitting. They've got great pitching. And I got to make sure that I get out to a game. They go on the road this weekend, taking on the University of North Georgia up in Dahlonega. And their next home game is going to be April the 14th. This is going to be on a Thursday because of Easter weekend against Lander University at Burger King Stadium at Ragsdale Field. So come on out and support your Columbus State Cougars. 
Also, just a reminder, April 23rd will be the home opener for the Columbus Lions as they will take on the Jacksonville Sharks in the National Arena League. They are trying to bounce back from their championship appearance against the Albany Empire last year, and they're getting the 2021 National Arena League National Arena League's MVP Mason Espinoza back. And I am super excited to be joining the broadcast team with the voice of the Columbus Lions, Jared Dillard. So not a bad transition going from the Rapids to the Lions in a two-week span. So I'm happy about that. And then on May the 20th, I will call the Russell County football spring game and it will be my final game as the public address announcer as I move into being the play-by-play announcer for Russell County on WTLZ Channel 38, the CW affiliate as they will broadcast the Russell County football games on the CW affiliate. I'm just excited to be on real TV, the the digital type of TV, which is always fun. Oh, I've had a great show, and I really just appreciate everybody that has just supported me from day one. I mean, it, it's really been hard. I've been trying to uh, get things ready. You know, we got the Masters coming up on Thursday. Uh, there's a chance that Tiger Woods might play in the Masters which is incredible. But even if he doesn't, the Masters is always special. They have that par three tournament on Wednesday. And here in Georgia, I know that's a big bucket list for a lot of sports fans. And of course, a lot of people going to Augusta this weekend. I've been to Augusta, not during the Masters, but I know that it is a big deal during this week. And like Jim Nance says, it's a tradition like none other. Um, even without Tiger Woods, the Masters is big, and I cannot wait. Um, yeah, I'll I'll watch some of the Masters. I mean, you have the Amen Corner, you have a, a lot of great traditions, and I look forward to seeing like who is going to win it. I'm a big fan of Sergio Garcia. I was happy to see Sergio Garcia win it in 2016. Tiger Woods obviously won it in 2019. I mean, the tickets for the Masters is just through the roof. You have to go through a lottery. But uh, the winner last year, Hideki Matsuzama, became the first golfer from the state, from the country of Japan, to win the Masters. Just incredible. Last year was was amazing. And then uh, the 2020 Masters tournament was in November because it was postponed due to the COVID-19 outbreak. So just a lot of moving parts. So Frank Gore is going to return to the San Francisco 49ers. He is going to sign a one-day contract and retire as a 49er. Frank Gore was the greatest running back to ever wear the red and gold. And he's also ranked third all-time in rushing behind Emmitt Smith and Walter Payton. Frank Gore clearly was the heart and soul of the 49ers in the early 2000s when they were in complete disarray. And the 49ers took a chance on him because he was a standout running back at the University of Miami. He got injured. He was a backup to Clinton Portis and Willis McGahee. 
and he proved himself in his senior season, and the 49ers took a chance on him. In 2006 was an incredible season as the 49ers went 7-9. and nine. I remember I thought that they were not going to be all that great. Alex Smith was their quarterback. The jury was still out on him. I was actually complaining. I thought he was going to be a bust. And then he turned his season around in 2006 thanks to Frank Gore. And then Frank Gore just went on and made multiple Pro Bowls and rushed for 1,000 yards just about every year. And then he really flourished when Jim Harbaugh came to town and even almost won a Super Bowl. That big run in the Super Bowl against the Baltimore Ravens almost got the 49ers their sixth Super Bowl. And I was sad to see him go. I mean, he was getting up there at age and, in fact, played all the way to age 38. Such an incredible NFL career. But he will always be a San Francisco 49er. So Frank Gore, definitely a Hall of Famer. And I have to admit, I have a number 21 Frank Gore jersey. I hope the 49ers retire his number. He was great. The greatest running back in 49ers history. And I'm including better than Joe Perry, better than Roger Craig, better than Ricky Waters, better than Garrison Hurst, and definitely better than Carlos Hyde. Nah, I'm just kidding. Anyway. Well, I had a great show, and I just want to thank all my listeners that have downloaded my podcast. As you know, I've been away from broadcasting for about 20 years. I'm just getting started. I really had just a big break when 95.7 ESPN Radio out of Columbus invited me to be on the show as they were doing a contest. They were trying to look for the next uh, weekday host. And I can't, I couldn't commit to five days a week, but I did a couple of shows. I got more comfortable after that second show. I was in the studio with other, other, um, broadcasters and including the head coach of the Columbus Lions, Jason Gibson. And just that alone, we, we talked on the radio and riffing back and forth, good chemistry on the radio. It's just the knowledge of football and everything because he was invited on 95.7 as a as a guest every week and just building that relationship he knew me from that and knew that I was the public address announcer for Russell County and from there built a relationship where he offered me the play-by-play announcer job for the Columbus Rapids so with that being said I hope that everybody has a great day and just be safe out there. Well, before I close my show, just uh, thoughts and prayers to the city of Sacramento. You know, I lived in Sacramento from 1997 to 2005, but I lived in the Sacramento area for eight years. And I know that that community is, is really hurt right now because of the tragedy. And so just my thoughts and prayers go out to the community of Sacramento. And uh, hopefully there's some, there's some time for healing. Well, I hope that everybody has a great day, and I will uh, talk to you on Wednesday. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download the podcast on 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is broadcasted out of Columbus, Georgia, and focuses on the local and national sports scene. I am Richard Holdridge. If you have a sports question or if you would like to be a guest on the show, just inbox me on my Facebook page, The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, or on my Twitter feed. And as always, I hope that you have a blessed day. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdridge. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.